2: Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. And you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast.
3: Welcome, to you. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It has been about maybe two weeks or so. We were absent from the mainstream of YouTube and Apple Podcasts all last week. It was a good Little chance to take a little breather. Of course, we had Destin on official business. He was down in Florida opening up his own business, making millions of dollars. Florida vacation, cocktails, and everything, right, Destin?
2: Yeah, a little, little short of millions of dollars, if I had to guess. Just, just a little.
3: <laughs> just a little. Hey, man, wishful thinking, but hey, open the door of blessings for you there in your life, Rashad. I feel like a lot of people. I even forgot what you sounded like, man. I, I, I almost forgot. Face and the name to put it together. But Rashad McGinnis, back, ladies and gentlemen. The trio, the dynamic trio is back, Rashad. Uh, first off, are you staying cool at work? And secondly, how you been, man?
4: I would just like to say around this time of year, I feel like I'm being held against my will at my job. Uh, the post office refused to treat me properly. And one of these days, I'm going to walk away. Just not yet.
2: You're going to walk yourself all the way to Indianapolis, Rashad. <laughs>
4: How's the weather down there, Dustin?
2: Hey, It's been warm. It's been, when I was in Florida last week, the high was 89 every single day. Never got into the 90s while I was in Florida last week. It was hotter in Indiana.
4: Oh, wow. That's crazy.
3: Wow. So Rashad's going to make the jump from seafood to corn. That's crazy. That's one hell of a jump. But guys, today is a special episode because we're coming back at you with a special guest. Now again, before we introduce him, you guys already know the drill if you've been listening to us, listening to us for a while. To help us grow, make sure you comment anything down below in the section. If there's a take that you've been waiting to get off and you weren't able to do it last last week, drop it down now. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe this video, share it, send it to your friends. If you have children growing up, introduce them to the Colts the right way and the good way. Now, introducing, joining the show. Greg, Medea, no, he is not the creator of Tyler Perry's Medea's movies or anything. But I do want to ask you: Is there any relation, just for any all the conspiracy theories out there, Greg? Uh, first off, welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast. But is there any relation between you and Miss uh,
5: Medea Simmons? Uh, unfortunately, to disappoint your audience, there there is not. Uh, I, I can affirm, you know, most of my family are italians up in the new jersey new york area so uh i, I, I can firmly say uh no, no relation but it's good to be with you guys <laughs> greg medea ladies
3: and gentlemen joining the show beat writer of the daily progress uh, for the uh university of virginia man first off if you i, I feel like i already introduced you but if you want to you know tell the people a little bit about yourself and, and what you do before we
5: get started yeah, I cover the Cavaliers in, in the Charlottes- in Charlottesville, Virginia, and, uh, you know, are with with them pretty much all the time, football, basketball, baseball. Uh, the beat keeps me busy, but, uh, of course, football is, is what we're talking about today, uh, and I know you guys are excited to have, uh, you know, one of the former UVA standouts.
2: Yeah, before I, mean, I guess before we even get into uh, the newest cult, um the state of college football right now is just nuts and University of Virginia just happens to be uh, not in one of these two uh, power conferences already so like wh- wh- where as a outsider of the Big Ten and SEC right now like wh- what is it like right now like are you like hoping for a Big Ten SEC um, push for Virginia or are you just kind of just chilling over there
5: You know, it's interesting. Every job I've I've had covering college sports, there's been some kind of realignment story. When I was in school as a student reporter at West Virginia, and then I covered them a little bit after, uh, they were leaving the Big East for the Big 12. Uh, Then up until uh, this past year, I was on the James Madison beat, uh, which departed the FCS for the FBS and the former Colonial Athletic Association for the Sun Belt. Uh, And now, as I was talking to one of my colleagues the other day, if you don't want to cover realignment, you're in the wrong business covering college sports because it's it's bound to find your school or your your beat at some point. I I think it's interesting. The ACC grant of rights is is pretty airtight uh, through 2036. So I I don't, I don't know. I think everybody's waiting on the domino if and when Notre Dame uh, and you guys there, you know, in Indiana are probably more familiar with them uh, than than anything else. Uh, In I think everybody in college football is waiting on Notre Dame to see if, if, You know they they haven't joined a league to this point, so I don't know if they ever will. Uh, but I think everybody's waiting for that next, and uh, you know, to see what happens possibly, uh, beyond that. And I think the SEC. It was reported the other day that they're going to stand pat at sixteen for now. Uh, but but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
3: Real quick, Destin, are you trying to boast for the Big Ten right now?
2: Hey, I. Tried to keep my Big Ten bias under under wraps. There, I I, I mentioned both. I, I let him discuss whatever. He just happened to be uh, in the ACC right now, so there. Because uh, uh, they're, the they're way they're you
3: that. were speaking, it was like, oh, like we're part of some VIP club that nobody else can get in. And uh I had to remind the people, who is your team again? Huh? Indiana University. Go. Okay. Hoosiers. Who don't contribute nothing to the Big Ten? All right.
4: So USC.
2: Rashad is now part of the Big Ten. Fight on, right?
4: Yes, sir. Michael,
2: Michael, Michael's just mad because he, he can't even get in the club right now in the Big 12, just sitting there at TCU. But it's okay.
3: All it's right. Okay.
2: Yeah, bringing in $50 million, can't get in the club, right?
3: <laughs> but okay. We don't need to get into the college aspect of things. But, hey, Greg, this is craziness that happens every week, okay? Destin has dreams of Indiana being on the level of TCU and USC, and they'll never be there, but – Greg, we are here to talk about Jelani Woods, Virginia, the Virginia product. Okay, so please take us. What are some of the great moments and memories that you have and some of the, you know, behind the scenes stories that you have to tell about uh, the newest Colt?
5: Yeah, the the, the one that that stands out to me, uh, the rivalry game against Virginia Tech, he catches a pass in the flat. I think it was that I get an eight-yard touchdown pass, but on his way into the end zone at the goal line, Virginia Tech's defensive back Dorian Strong is in position to challenge him at the goal line, maybe make a tackle at the one or the two and save a touchdown. And Strong just backs out of the way. He goes, it wants no part of the six foot seven, you know, two sixty-five, two seventy-pound, uh, two hundred seventy-pound tight end. Just completely steps out of the way. At that point, I'm. I'm looking at some other people in press row, just like, wow, he decided to get out of the way of Jelani Woods running downhill. And uh, you guys know, you, you've probably seen it enough, seen enough of the highlight tapes to know uh, that that he is big. He can get downhill uh, in that vertical passing game. And that was one of the reasons why he decided on Virginia uh, for, for his one year as a, as a transfer uh, when he decided to leave Oklahoma state. He told me, Uh, leading up to to Virginia's Pro Day that when he was kind of evaluating some options and and he had some other offers, he he wanted to go to a place that was going to throw the football around, going to move the football, going to throw it all over the yard. And Virginia, what they were doing under their former offensive coordinator, Robert Anai, who's now the OC at Syracuse uh, after UVA has had its coaching changes, what they were doing was was spreading it out, air raid style offense. Uh, Mike, probably with what you're familiar with, seeing in the Big 12, right? Uh, so it, it was it was that style, that style of offense. and they used him, you know, tight end, split out wide a little bit, split in a slot, and you, you can see it. Uh, and that's what he wanted. He wanted to prove to everybody after leaving Oklahoma State that he could be a threat in a vertical passing game. And you know you look at the numbers and, and you just can't argue with it. the eight touchdown catches, uh, that was the second most in UVA history for a tight end in a single season. I think only Heath Miller had more. I think he had nine one season. Uh, so to me, uh, you're getting a guy that that had a very strong purpose for his year at Virginia. It was to prove he could play in the NFL, and he put it to action and and was featured in that up tempo, uh, high octane offense Virginia was running in 2021, uh, and that that really uh, you know gave him a shot to win every week.
2: Yeah, so heading into the Combine, I I had circled Jelani Woods. I had even put a tweet out that he was like one of those guys to watch because on tape, he he looked like a freaky athlete for his size. Now, what he did at the Combine was just unreal. I was there live. I I was there in the stands watching. um, Watching Jelani Woods run the 40, it just didn't seem real in person. Watching how big he is and how fast he moved. Were, were you surprised at all about how dominant his combine performance was?
5: I, I mean, having seen him as, as an athlete, I think the numbers, yes, but the, the fact that he performed well, probably not just because you'd seen it a little bit in, in practice. And then obviously in games uh, where, where uh, you, you see him out in the open space and you're like, holy cow, that's a tight end. That's not a you know, wide receiver running. Uh, so, to, to me, the numbers, how gaudy they were, right, the four six, one you're like, holy cow. Uh, so, uh, maybe the, the gaudy numbers, but the fact that he performed well, no no, no, no surprise there. It's just so interesting, too, because you think back to that decision that he made to, to go to Virginia at Oklahoma State, and he said he really got a lot out of his time uh, with the Cowboys. Uh, originally committed there as a quarterback, right, out of high school. Uh, originally committed there. He was he moved to tight end as a freshman, uh, and then you look at Oklahoma state's offense and I know they play in that big 12, that that's more air raid style, but Oklahoma state's more 12 personnel than anything else. Uh, and he, he told me, he's like, you know, most of the time, not that he minded doing it uh, was he was blocking he was past protecting and blocking in the run game. Uh, he told me he used a funny line when he was kind of explaining and he's like, you know, Oklahoma state may look different. They may be out of the shotgun, but they're running the same plays that Barry Sanders ran. <laughs> you know? Uh, So I kind of laughed and chuckled at that when he was running me through that. And, you know, to think that, you know, this athlete was, was blocking uh, was just kind of interesting, but it, it goes to show, you know, that, that's something probably the Colts noticed too, is that he does have that in his background, right? He's not just this uh, freaky athletic, uh, you know, type receiver, tight end. Uh, He can block, he can stand in there and pass protect if you need him to, because he has that. uh, He has that on his resume also from, from all that time with Oklahoma state. So I I thought, I think that's a very interesting point. You know, you get caught up obviously looking at the athletic stuff and you think about man, what can he do in the red zone? Uh, when the Colts get down there, uh, but you also can't forget, he's going to help you in the, in a blocking game too.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I love Jelani Woods, man. In the scouting process, it's funny because I actually compared them a lot to to Mo' Ali Cox as far as just his physical profile and the way he look. And then he tested, you know, and I saw him like, well, he he's a a, a tier above Mo' Ali when it comes to just athletically, you know, athletic athletically gifted. And what I liked about him when I got a chance to watch him was being that fluid for that size. You know, most of the guys that size they're a bit stiff in their hips, they're stiff in their routes they run. But this guy can actually move. He actually gives you something after the catch as well. Uh, Did he surprise you any, the way he moved at that size as far as how fluid he is in and out of his breaks, uh, things he can do after he catches the ball? Just the type of... He he moves pretty much like a smaller guy, but just in a very, very big body. (laughs) Hey, you.
3: Yeah, you. Got Bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscape. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you will have the best kept product on the cul-de-sac. Save big and be the best hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code, Bstable20, for 20% off and free shipping at Manscape.com. That is 20% off. With free shipping if you use code Bstable20 at Manscape.com.
5: Yeah, no, no doubt, Rashad. And I, I, think too is it's something that he got better at as this this past season at Virginia went along. He gave a lot of credit to Anai, who was the, the o- o- offensive coordinator and the tight ends coach, uh, but also Marcus Hagins, uh, Virginia's wide receivers coach, for, for helping him kind of crisp up his routes. Uh, fine tune some of those receiver-type skills that, that maybe he wasn't doing a ton of uh, at Oklahoma State. He's, you know, he's running routes, but at Virginia, uh, if you're a tight end in that offense that's, that's wide open, you better run clean routes uh, when your quarterback's looking to throw you the football. So I, I think he got better at that as that season, uh, this past season at Virginia went along. Uh, it's something that he said. you know, he, he needed an eye in that tight ends room. Uh, to, to to figure it out and to kind of help him and guide him uh, along the way so I think that's something too that he's he's probably just beginning to, to figure out and scratch the surface on is, is that fluidity and that natural uh, you know that that natural kind of instinct as a tight end you think you know only one year playing in, a, in an offense like that's gonna that's gonna feature him uh, before that is you know a blocking tight end before that as a quarterback right as a a high school player uh so to me i I think he's kind of just just scratching the surface get 20 percent
3: off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code bstable 20 it's time you level up with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from manscape make sure you check at that check that out in the description below ladies and gentlemen we got greg Medea from the daily process joining the blue stable day uh greg i did want to ask you see because you got the benefit every Saturday, every weekend, seeing play-by-play the benefit of having a guy like Jelani Woods on the offense. How did it make life easier for a quarterback to have a guy that size that can move like that? How did it change the way the offense approached their game plan, and how do you think it could benefit with in Indy with Reich and uh, Matt Ryan?
5: Yeah, I think first things first, right? No, No defense can can um, you know, acclimate and, and use multiple defenders to cover one wide receiver. UVA did benefit. They have some, some outstanding wide receivers in their offense. I mean, I, I think Dontavian Wicks is a future NFL uh, draft guy. Keaton Thompson may, may be an NFL guy one day. So they, they, have, they had other weapons in the offense. But having Woods there, what it did was it spread that defense out. You can't put two guys uh, on Wicks. You can't put two guys. On Thompson, uh, and and that and you can't put two guys on Woods for that matter too. To be fair, uh, but because of that, because of they ha- they had that so many weapons, Brendan Armstrong had a lot of one on one matchups uh, when opponents would play man coverage, and I think that's that's really really important. He's going to make it almost impossible for defenses to 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 leave him, you know, in a one on one situation, and you you're going to take pressure off your wide receivers when you have a pass catching tight end like that in the offense so to me i think he's just gonna make it tougher on defenses honestly and and that's that's probably very helpful to a quarterback and i think in the red zone too i mean that's 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 the bread and butter right the nfl when the game gets tighter inside the 20s when you have a six foot seven guy who can jump who can run and you can throw the ball up and 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 give him a shot to go get it Uh, You know, the offensive coaches at that that level are smart enough to figure out how to do that. So to me, I I think, you know, you're helping your quarterback, you get better in the red zone instantly, and you you take some pressure off your wide receivers. Uh, So to me, it it benefits the offense in three ways.
3: Because after the draft. I immediately went on here and I said, and I don't think it was too big of a take. Rashad earlier mentioned that, you know, he it reminded him of Mo'Ali Cox, our tight end one right now. I came out and said that I think Jelani is already a better pass-catching tight end than Mo'Ali Cox. I'm not entirely too sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not entirely too sure if, if you're familiar with Mo'Ali Cox, but former Division One athlete at VCU, one of the better <laughs> power forwards in college basketball at that time, and I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say he is already better running routes and pass catching than Mo Ali Cox. So can you see later down the line Jelani being really a unicorn, something we've never seen at this size, and honestly, not just at that size, but dominating in the league?
5: I think the possibilities there, I, I think it really to kind of go back to what I was saying earlier, Mike, is that. You know he's kind of just scratching the surface with it. Uh, you know he, he's because because he played quarterback because in high school because he was kind of an inline tight end in that you know twelve personnel at Oklahoma State and and had the one year of Virginia to run routes. Uh, I I think I think you know he, he's just starting to figure out the tight end stuff and and could be uh, you know a really really good pass catching tight end at the NFL level. You know it, it said a lot to me. Uh, leading up to to Virginia's Pro Day, uh, he had told me he thought about 15 NFL tight ends coaches were going to come to the Pro Day. You know, not just scouts from teams. He thought tight ends coaches were going to show up. And and I can remember him talking to Wanda Wells, the, the Cowboys tight ends coach on the field at, at, at UVA, uh, and h- him just being run through the gauntlet. To me, I, I don't know if NFL teams are going to allocate their, their resources to send you know, tight ends coaches, to, unless they think they've got something uh, in this in in this prospect. Uh, you know, I've been at other pro days when you, when you don't have many position coaches there, uh, and this was this was different, having all the you know tight end specific uh, instruction and drills uh, for for Jelani to go through. I thought that was very very interesting. Uh, you know, not something you see every year at at a pro day, uh, depending on what school you're at.
2: I mean, I can't imagine how thankful. Jelani is this year that he was not a part of the draft cycle um a couple years ago even when pro days were oh, yeah. pretty much it, they they were like ran by individuals almost they they weren't um in such a commodity the combine really wasn't the same um the combine wasn't even happening 2 years ago even so um to, to see guys like Jelani who Had his best year, obviously, at Virginia that last season. Um, So his draft, his draft uh, stock went up. But to see, to imagine if that guy would not have gotten the combine, would have not gotten his pro day, like that's just ridiculous to me to think about, and it breaks my heart all over again um, for the kids that went through that cycle two years ago. But uh, um, we, we talked about the athleticism earlier. I mean, the kid. The numbers were unreal. I mean, he, he had the most athletic RAS score of, and if you follow RAS at all, um, uh, Math Bomb on Twitter um, runs the little metric that goes out for this. He ended up with a ten, flat out ten, the most athletic player at the tight end position ever. Ridiculous. Um, and I just wanted to go back to when we were talking about that a little earlier. Um, another part that I really intrigues me about Jelani is we really haven't seen him play with a quarterback that can elevate his play to a certain extent either. I mean, um, Armstrong was a better player than Sanders at Oklahoma State. Um, So I will say that, and you saw his production go up in a passing offense with a better quarterback there. He's going to get Matt Ryan year one. Like what what are your thoughts on Woods getting to come in with a future Hall of Famer under center?
5: A great opportunity to learn, right? First and foremost, above anything else, you're going to learn a thing or two from Matt Ryan, who's had some pretty good tight ends to work with yeah. in his career, right? He probably knows what he wants from his tight ends, guys he's worked with in Atlanta uh, who, who come to mind, right? And then you think about plugging Jelani Woods in, I'm sure Matt Ryan will tell him if he wants something done a certain way. And I think that's an excellent learning opportunity for Jelani. And then you throw in Mo Alley-Cox, right? A, you know, Virginia, you know Virginia guy, VCU, different school, but, uh, you, maybe you have some camaraderie there of of an older, experienced tight end at the NFL level uh, to help out Jelani Wood. So I think, you know, that that's twofold that, you know, he'll get he'll get probably good instruction. Uh, and to me, having been around him a little bit and talked to him a little bit, you know, I get the sense that that he's an all ears kind of guy going to listen, going to, you know, pick up things very quickly. Right. He learned that Virginia offense. In, in an off season, he learned that in an off season and became a very, very good player in it. Uh, so that, to me, I think shows that he's capable of learning and figuring things out. Uh, so I think when you throw in a quarterback like Matt Ryan, uh, who, who knows what he wants, I'm sure Jelani's gonna gonna listen and pick it up.
4: Yeah, and, and kind of the piggyback right off what Destin just asked and and the things you was discussing about Jelani. You know, he's coming into a situation where where Jack Doyle just retired, uh, who played over 600 snaps, you know, last season. And it's a big void, you know, in the tight end room. And There's an opportunity for him to play early. And I, I really think it take a couple of years for a tight end to kind of get adjusted, you know, into the NFL, into the game speed, uh, different things that the team is asking him to do but he has a unique situation where he can find himself on the field a lot early, just depending on how he's picking things up this off season and how things go in training camp. Uh, do you see him as somebody that you think can get a lot of snaps early or or it, do you think it'll take him a, a little while before he's able to get on the field?
5: I mean, he, he was on the field right away for, for UVN. I know going to the NFL is a little different, right? The offenses are more complex Uh the, the schemes are right. a little more difficult to pick up and the tight end, honestly is probably going to be asked to do a mix of what he was asked to do at, at both Oklahoma state and UVA. So the good thing is he, he's got that experience. Plus he's probably going to have to pick up on some more pro style uh, stuff. The Colts are going to ask of him. Uh, I think he'll be prepared to run, you know, the routes, the Colts ask him to run. I think he'll be prepared uh, to, to block, but uh, I do think that, you know, some of the nuanced stuff, you know, it may take a while, for, like, like it would for any, you know, rookie mm-hmm. going into the NFL, uh, so to me, I, I think you know he's very smart. Like I said, learned that Virginia offense in an off season and became you know one of their most productive weapons in that offense. Uh, so I think he's perfectly capable of learning his. Uh, you know, exposure to different offenses probably helps him in that set. Uh, but I, I do think he's he's capable of playing right away. You know how well. Uh, is is a different story you know to figure out you know how he fits within the offense how he fits within the team I think that's still you know natural things that'll take adjustment but I think Jelani Woods is perfectly capable
2: so all Colts fans have been able to talk about since he was drafted was his athleticism Um, but what is there that you can share to us um, about the person of Jelani Woods through any conversation you guys have had or just from covering Virginia this past year Um, like who are the Colts getting who are Colts fans getting in Jelani Woods the person
5: yeah, I think it's that determination factor right uh, And you're getting a really good guy who I guess we'll start with the, the good guy aspect is you know he left Oklahoma State but had nothing bad to say about Oklahoma State appreciated his time there has good relationships with, with the coaching staff at least from what he told me and, and former teammates so you know sometimes you get the transfer portal situation and uh, there, there's a reason guys are leaving Right, I mean, there's there's a big reason why guys are leaving. Uh, This situation was as simple as it sounds. From what Jelani had had relayed to me was that, you know, he was looking to play in an offense that would get him the ball downfield because he wanted to prove to NFL scouts that, you know, he he was worthy of of getting scouted, getting looked at, and and having a shot at the NFL. Uh, His determination—that's what comes in here is he, he picked up that Virginia offense, absorbed it, created some chemistry with the quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, in their first year playing together, uh, and, and found a way on the field and, and succeeded big time, right? I mean, not just, not just a guy who, who caught a couple of passes, eight touchdowns, you know, 598 receiving yards. Uh, I think it was 13-plus yards per catch. Uh, so showed he, he's capable of doing exactly what the NFL scouts wanted to see. Uh, knew he had to do it, so he kind of bet on himself with leaving Oklahoma State. It, it paid off for him. I mean, I
4: have a question uh, that I wanted to ask, too. Sure. Do you think the fact that he was a former quarterback, it allows him to kind of see things differently out there on the field? You know, it has to be some kind of advantage for him to be able to know what it's like, to know what a quarterback's thinking at, at pretty much any given time and to be able to help his quarterback out as much as possible. Do you think that translate over to uh, benefit him at the tight end position?
5: Oh, for, for it can't hurt for sure. Right. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think you've absolutely hit, hit a good point there and it's not like he had offers from, from, from just one school to play quarterback, right? South Carolina offered him, Michigan offered him. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just Oklahoma state who thought he could play quarterback. Uh, of course he inevitably moved to tight end, but, he had others that, that thought he could play quarterback and, uh, you know, he, he knew it was w- probably what was best for the team, best for his career and that move from quarterback to tight end. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he certainly uh, uses his experience as a, you know, not only a high school quarterback, but his, you know, the little bit of quarterback he did play and the experiences and practices he did have at Oklahoma state uh, to, to help in his transition to tight end and receiver, you know, having that knowledge of the offense and all the different reads and responsibilities a quarterback is, is, is is supposed to be able to manage. Uh, I think, you know, that's not lost on him and and he knows how much, how much stress he can take off a quarterback by being a really good tight end.
2: I'm sure he bulked up to play, to play tight end.
5: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> but can
2: you imagine Jelani woods right now under center? Um, not, not even in the NFL, just against some of these college kids on defense. Um, Cause if you, it, if you go around the uh, the college level, there are some small linebackers, um, even like I think that's one of the biggest differences when you see player size metrics from the college game to the oh, NFL yeah. is just how much smaller some of those guys are. So to imagine Jelani Woods under center with some of these six foot one ninety five two ten,
4: spooky. Oh His my god, would
2: be driving into the center's calf. Like um, <laughs> some of these some of these kids would be having nightmares.
3: That would be very weird. That would be a very weird. Look, but <laughs> I'm telling you, find that best that, to put all find that, that uh,
5: Find that highlight of him against Virginia Tech, uh, the touchdown. You'll you'll see the defensive back just move out of the way.
4: Just not, <laughs> I, I was actually watching it when you uh when you started <laughs> when you brought it up and was talking about it. I was actually watching it on the side, <laughs> and, and it was so hilarious just just seeing him make a business decision. Like you know what, I'm just gonna check out of this.
5: <laughs> you know what, it's the first quarter. I'll take this one off and, and hopefully get him the next time.
4: <laughs> I mean, he's like, Jelani's like a video game player, you know, he like is, the type yeah. of guy you would create in a laboratory. You know, I want him to be this tall. I want him to be this strong, this fast, catch like this. You know, his, his ability to catch in traffic too is is something. I, I think anytime he's gonna get these one-on-one matchups, especially when he learns the nuances, like you said, the intricacies of, of, of different routes to run, where to sit on that in the zone, different things when to break off his route. He is gonna be a matchup nightmare, man. He has that type of potential. Uh, that's what I see when I look at him.
5: Yeah, something something else I think that's interesting. You guys might might want to know is uh, when when he was training for for the combine pro day. Uh, he, he worked out with Charlie Kohler, the former, uh, what Iowa state tight end, Greg Dolch, the former UCLA tight end. So they had a really strong group of tight ends for this class. And he told me, you know, just being around those guys and they can kind of pick each other's brain a bit. And that tells you kind of what Jelani's all about, right? Always trying to learn, always trying to figure out, you know, what are other really good players do? What are other, you know, tight ends doing? I think that kind of tells you a little something about them that, you know, he, he wants to be really good, and, and he, he's not complacent just because he has the size and the athleticism, you know, that, that probably could show up and be really good, right, you know, uh, and, and give him a chance to be good. He wants to be better than, you know, just what his size, you know, brings and gives him at the most basic level. Uh, so I think that that's something to really remember and, and, and know what Jelani is, that he's always going to try to get better, always going to try to learn something.
4: Yeah, man, seeing him in that Wake Forest game, he, that that, <laughs> touch, that first touchdown he caught, the guy, the safety literally just bounces off of him, and Jelani just walks in <laughs> the end zone. I said, this is unreal watching this guy. Some of this guys. Especially, highlights. like, the
5: college the college DBs, as you guys know, like, a lot of these college defense are going to play five DBs now because, mm-hmm. especially against Virginia last year and under an eyes offense, against an eyes offense, because UVA is going to try to spread you out. So, they'll, they'll have five DBs plus, like, two smaller linebackers that can run, uh, because they're trying to cover everybody that Brandon Armstrong can throw the ball to. So, like, when you get Jelani Woods in a mismatch against, like, an undersized linebacker, not, he, not only is the linebacker smaller, he's not as fast. Like, that's not, that's not fair, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, it'll be, I, I'm really interested to what the Colts do and how they scheme it up and, and try to get him in some favorable matchups, especially in his first, you know, first year.
3: What do you think day one? Like if there was one trait where you saw in college, you said, man, that will really help him as a rookie. What would that trait be in your mind that helps him day one?
5: I, I think it's the fact that he played in so many offenses, he right? played in you know, m- multiple offenses as a college player. Right. I think if you if you come in with with at least some background of some different things. Right. You haven't been only exposed to one offense as a college player. I think that helps you big time. I've seen it with other players. Guys who have been exposed to more tend to learn a little bit quicker uh, and, and, and can pick things up because they've been forced to already in their careers. So to me, I think that's going to help him, uh, the, the mental side, as much as anything else. Uh, as far as the, the physical traits, I mean, the ability to run like that at that size, like you, you can't teach that, right? <laughs> you can train and train and train all you want, uh, but unless you have the size to do it, uh, you know, that's, that, that's a trait that'll play at the NFL, I would think.
2: To, to quote a buddy of mine who's a scout for an AFC team um, when he was talking to me about Jelani Woods he he said fast guys in college are fast in the NFL he said you can't you can't you can't say that about every single trait in college but he said fast guys in college are, are they're going to be fast in the NFL
4: <laughs> yeah man uh I got a bit of a curveball for you Greg uh, sure the Colts are going to be in the market for what it looks like for a wide receiver in the draft next year and. Dontavian Wicks. He's a guy, when I was watching the the film on Jelani Woods, I just kept seeing number three pop. And and I'm like, who is this kid? I had never heard of him. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of Virginia uh, college games last year until I turned on the tape to see Jelani Woods. And so when I I was watching him, I'm like, this guy's a playmaker. He is a legit playmaker. Dude's a baller. I looked him up. I seen his numbers. He had over 1,200 yards. and it was a lot of big plays, a lot of big plays. I think he finished with nine or 10 touchdowns. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about him? Um, the coach may have an interest in him come next offseason.
5: Yeah, no, to- totally fair question. I-, I think with his ability to go up and get the ball, right, he's not the biggest guy. He's probably 6'1", 6'2", but, man, can he jump? And he can he can go get the ball at its highest point. And I think what was really interesting about last year was he was coming off an injury, right? Came off a, a-, a year in which he missed Uh, a whole season in in 2020 Uh, and he had some high expectations going into that year but felt like you know if he could rehab it and get back and uh, you know get healthy that that he would be able to do what he thought he could do uh, the year before now in 2021 and he he did it I mean he he was he was unbelievable (laughs) catching everything and and, and all different types of routes too, post and go routes and Ball's in the middle of the field. I, I was just so impressed with him. Uh, and and he took advantage of some one-on-one opportunities too. They, yeah. they had a they had a unique offense that that was going to let their playmakers go make plays. But I think his ability to catch the ball is just pretty yeah. ridiculous. I, I the, the Go up and get it the way he does. The concentration. I think you guys might have seen the, the play at Miami that he made uh, when, when the ball's bouncing all over the place and somehow he comes up with it he was telling me in the spring uh, after a spring practice that, you know, he, he still gets people that'll send him that highlight and, 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 and he'll look at it and laugh. And he'll be like, I still don't know how I caught the ball. You know, I just, I just saw people running to celebrate with me, but he goes, you know, you just got to stay concentrated. And that's what he tried to do. And I think, I think this off season, his focus has been some of his route running stuff is, is what he told me and uh, the wide receivers coach, Marcus Higgins, who, who worked a little bit with Jelani woods too. Uh, you know, was, was part of that and trying to refine some of the routes Wicks runs. I mean, because he's uh, he said, you know, some of the routes I ran last year, not the cleanest, and they've got some different types of routes this year for him uh, with, the, with the change in the offense. So that's one thing I think if you, you're going to scout Virginia guys is, is to pay attention to, like I said, air raid under the previous regime, now with Tony Elliott, the former Clemson offensive coordinator coming in, they're going to go to a more balanced type of system. You're going to see some more NFL-type stuff, I think. I know some of the route stuff has changed. I know uh, you know, some of what they're going to ask to receivers has changed. I think you're going to see uh, guys like Wicks play some inside and some outside. I think they're going to try to move them around a little more uh, than the previous staff did. So I, I think that's something to watch with Wicks.
2: Um, one of the things we're trying to do through this series of talking to these beat writers for these NFL cult um, rookies um, is some sort of prediction element. I'm not going to ask you to do a player comp. We did that with some of the Cincinnati guys last um, a couple weeks ago, but tight ends to me are one of the hardest player comp positions when it comes just because every team uses tight ends so differently. Um, there's just so many different roles to put them through depending on the the team and the scheme. So I'm not going to ask you to do that but the area where i feel like jelani woods can get on the field year 1 especially is in the red zone. so if you had to call your shot right now of how many touchdowns jelani woods ends his rookie season with how, how many would you have to say?
5: 17 games uh i'll say i'll say 6. i'll say 6 touchdowns year 1. is that is he, that a if- fair
2: if he ends the year with six touchdowns as most likely a second tight end or maybe third, depending on how he goes, I'll buy his jersey. I'm putting that right now. Putting it, I'm putting it on the podcast. Today is July 12th, 2022. If Jelani Woods has six touchdowns, I'm,
4: I'm buying the jersey. There you go. I, I can see it. It's, it's not. I don't want to say crazy because he's going to get a – like I said, the snaps are there. With Jack Doyle leaving – you know, and Moelle Cox, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to stay around. Both of those guys got over 600 snaps apiece, Jack Doyle and Moelle Cox, last year. So, there was basically, Moelle was a starter last year, in, in a sense, you can say. And, and I, there's a lot of snaps to go around, man. And, and if Especially because he can, he can to block. Get on the field, exactly.
2: Especially because exactly. he can block. I mean, a lot of teams run a one tight end is going to heavy block, the other is going to be receiving. The Colts really don't do that. I mean, maybe it was a luxury because Jack Doyle and Moali Cox were both solid blockers. But I just can't imagine Frank goes away from that. Coach Reich likes for those guys to be able to block. It's a heavy run team at times. I think Matt Ryan's going to add more in the past game to where we're going to see more of it. But the real competition there for that second spot is probably Kylan Granson, who's a second-year tight end, mm-hmm. who is a little smaller for the tight end position. A lot of people compare him um, to that Trey Burton mold of a tight end, um, smaller end receiving type. But I, I'm not sure if he is going to be at the same level of blocking that Jelani Woods can bring you year one. And If Jelani Woods can earn so. that, if Jelani Woods can get on the field for blocking, how do you take that big of a man off in passing situations?
4: There's just no yeah. chance. Frank's all about advantages, man. So you don't want to tip your hand by your personnel. So if I can give you a legit blocking and receiving threat to those guys and Moelle Cox and Angelani Woods, wouldn't I rather roll that out And then instead of rolling out a Moelle Cox and Colin Granson where, well, you know, well, this was most likely a passing situation. They don't like to run the ball just with this guy in the game so i I definitely see it and like you said it was a luxury last year having jack and mo that can block i think he might have stumbled upon that same luxury this year by having jelani woods and mo alica
3: and see i don't even think with that i know come preseason time a lot of fans are going to want to see all Jelani woods touchdowns and everything they're going to want to see what he can do in the red zone I think with a guy like Jelani is where Frank Reich with that type of player, you're gonna have like specific plays drawn up. I don't think Frank is gonna like tip his hand and show other teams in preseason what what he drew up for a mm-hmm. certain guy who we don't see every day in this league. So, I would I'm definitely anticipating until week one to truly see red zone snaps for Jelani Woods like preseason. Let's just see if he can block. If that's the case, then he'll be on the field. But I just I, I think six touchdowns might. Maybe a little stretch, but I'm here for it. If there's anybody here that's for a stretch take, it's me on this show. I'm here for it. So, six, I also factor the in the fact that Matt Ryan has played with some great
2: tight ends before. Tony Gonzalez, Austin Hooper. Matt Ryan has made
4: some good Matt tight Ryan, ends Matt Ryan,
2: yes. I'm, 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 not try, I'm not trying to... Hoop on austin hooper here okay that's not what i'm yes, trying to yes do yes you are that's exactly what that's you're exactly to do. What you're i mean he, what you're he doing. may he may play in a certain place in tennessee um but i'm just saying you look at austin hooper's number with and without matt Ryan. got a big contract from cleveland yeah. because of that played had a career year pro bowler and then went to baker mason goes to cleveland and last year his stats were worse than mo alley cox's Last season, molly Cox was the number two tight end here. I mean, that's all I'm going to say is that Austin Hooper. I've not seen him without Matt Ryan, and I but I've seen Matt Ryan do that for so many different tight ends. There, the, the Falcons had productive tight end play no matter who was out there because of guy the Matt Ryan's ability to throw to the tight ends. Now, when it comes to Frank Reich tipping his hand, if we're in the red zone and a defensive coordinator sees Miley Cox and Jelani Woods out there. Um, if if it's a passing play, I think they know what's going to happen. Um, I don't think it's a Frank Reich problem. I don't think that's. Uh, I just think uh, they're smart. Oh, those guys are both six five and huge. I bet they could be throwing it up to them right here.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it's so many ways you can go. You can hand the ball off to John Dintella. You know, that you can that that, that is that's the element that adds to. It. I mean, it also it
3: also so, depends on what set they're in offensively. They could be in bunch. They could be in. They could be spread out. It, it just depends on are, are they starting the play with their hand to the ground? It just if we're on the, on if we're on the
2: five-yard line, all I'm going to say is if we're on the five-yard line and Molly Cox and Jelani Woods are both on the field and we throw a screen to one of them, I, I, I'm going to be pissed. Bro. <laughs> oh, what about Same. shovel pass? Yeah. You
3: like shovel pass, don't you?
2: I, I'm not Return the anything. shovel pass. If we're on the five-yard line and it's a passing play and they're both on the field, if we don't at least have one attempt at throwing up to either side, whoever has the weaker defender in that moment, I'm a. I'm gonna be uh, angry tweeting. What fine if it's guys. A, what if, if it's just, a,
4: we could just put Jelani Woods at quarterback and that'll solve everything. Right. Hey, what if it's a, a
2: left-handed <laughs> shovel pass?
3: Michael, <laughs> yeah. stop,
2: stop, stop bringing up past sins, okay?
3: <laughs> Greg, we're having fun, man. We did not have the greatest year at quarterback this past year, and it feels good to have a legit quarterback. And like we say, we're talking about Jelani. A guy like Matt Ryan, like Destin said, has made the life of tight ends so much easier. I mean, even like, like what uh, Destin said about tight ends as rookies coming into the NFL, look at the year Kyle Pitts had. And Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts now. We've never seen anybody like him come in year one the way he did coming out of college. But the fact that his he started out a little slow, but then him and Matt just gained that chemistry. And he was the number one there because Calvin Ridley was suspended, betting on games and everything, doing what he was doing. But I just want to see, Matt, how does he elevate everybody? Not just Jelani, but that's my biggest uh, look going into this season. How does he make everybody's life better? And if Jelani Woods is going for six touchdowns, that's great.
2: See, what Greg forgot to mention was three of them were passing. Like, six total touchdowns is what Greg was saying. <laughs> there we
3: go. Oh, and three others are quarterback sneaks?
2: <laughs>
3: six
5: total.
2: <laughs> he, he didn't lim- He's not limiting himself.
5: <laughs> I, think he one, I think he did have one carry at Virginia, but I can't remember if it was for anything. I bet there was at least. I, I bet there was a play. It was, like had one, been, it was like one yard.
2: <laughs> there had to have been a broken tackle in there. No, no chance one guy brought him down. No,
5: gang tackling—that's what you need. You need the gang tackling to bring him down, man.
3: Absolutely. Oh, my Lord. Well, Greg, man, uh, I'm not entirely sure if you have anything else on Jelani that you want to talk about, if there's, like, another story that not a lot of people know that Colts fans you think would like to know, would be interested in knowing. The floor is yours, man, but before we get you out of here.
5: No, I, I just think the Colts are getting a really quality person who, who's going to be eager to learn and, and figure things out at that that level. You know, he's like I've said before, he's got to bet on himself by, by transferring to UVA. Uh, to get his to, to make sure he got a shot to, to show scouts what he's capable of. And, and it worked out. So I think, you know, that that said that, that probably gives, gives him some pretty good momentum going into this rookie year uh, as he can try to learn and, and and try to figure out how to how to succeed at the NFL level. 17
3: game season. What do you predict? You know, get, help the Colts fans out, you know, get, give them a little something to walk away from this interview with here. The last one, because you've given us some good things. Give us one more. What do you predict the Colts uh, record is going to be this year?
5: Colts record this year. Uh, I should have brushed up more on my Colts depth chart knowledge. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Uh, I will say, uh, I i don't know. What are we thinking? Seven, eight wins, nine wins, somewhere in that range? Is that fair? Oh, man, we suck, Whoa.
3: huh? <laughs>
5: if, wins, if we win seven, eight
3: or nine games, then Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are gone. I'll just
5: say that. <laughs> We'll Fourteen wins. Bro. How's that sound? Is that uh,
2: Hey, now we're talking. So, so you guys didn't let him finish. You were saying seven times two. <laughs> oh,
4: we gotta, we gotta right, right. We got to stop go.
2: interrupting Greg. All right, he, like he like he's having these moments. We just got to let him finish. Him. My bad. I wasn't the greatest at math.
5: All good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all and
3: right, Greg. guys. Well, uh, again, Greg Medea. Shout out to Greg, man. Uh, y'all can find him if y'all are Virginia Cavalier fans. Go find him because his info is going to be in the description below. If y'all want to go find his work, again, beat writer for the University of Virginia at the Daily Progress. OK, uh, and, and again, you know, best of luck to Virginia and everything this year, I guess, since, since Destin said it, Hopefully they get into one of these two mega conferences, get more more money and more boosting NIL and all that stuff because we know where this game is headed.
2: We're, but we're, hoping, for you, we're hoping for you guys you're off that ACC um, TV contract. I'm, I'm hoping for you. <laughs>
5: we'll see. It'll don't, make work interesting, but we'll don't,
2: see. <laughs> don't team up with the Pac 12, man. Just
3: don't do it, okay? I know that's been thrown out there, but there's no way in hell that's happening. So, uh, other than that, Greg, once again, have, have a good one, man. Thank you for joining the Blue Stable podcast, by the way. And, uh, guys, we will see you.